Well, this is the last in um, our series on Emmanuel, God with us. And it's been a fantastic series where we've been exploring the birth of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and how he entered the world as a man, where he was both fully man and fully God. He was God here with us. That's amazing. And then we also looked into the other names of God. So Emmanuel is one of the names of God, which means God with us. And today, as I was preparing this sermon, well, it was, I didn't prepare it today, but as I was preparing it, I really felt God take me on a different direction to what I was initially planning to do. So that actually just makes me excited about what God wants to do here this morning. Are you excited, church? Are you expectant that God is going to move in this place today? He already has been moving. That worship was beautiful. So today about Emmanuel, God with us, I want to talk about not just God with us, but God in us. And this was promised to us by Jesus himself when he was talking with his disciples around the time of the Last Supper. So my first point for today is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles, if you've got them here, to John. So we're going to look at the book of John, chapter 14. Okay, so John, chapter 14 reading from verse 15 through to 18. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him, because it isn't looking for him and does not recognise him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus had been explaining to his disciples that his time on earth was coming to an end. Can you imagine what that would be like as a disciple of Jesus, for him to tell you, all right, I'm going to be leaving now. They were so distressed because they had invested everything into this. Jesus said to them, come and follow me. They left everything and they came and they followed Jesus. And then they had literally been with God, with God experiencing miracles like water into wine, walking on water, healing after healing, raising of the dead. They were experiencing all these incredible, amazing things and being with Jesus every day, being with God every day. And then Jesus is saying, okay, I'm going now. Like their whole world is crushed at this. They do not understand. They don't know God's plan so they don't know that Jesus has to be crucified so that the whole world can be saved. They don't have any knowledge of that. To them, they think Jesus is going to save Israel out of oppression. 
And so for him to say, I'm going to be going now, that's just crushing for them. So that is why Jesus promised them that he wasn't abandoning them, but he was sending them another, the Holy Spirit, who will advocate for them, lead them into truth and never leave them. So I want you to go a bit further in the book of John with me now to chapter 16. I'm going to read from John chapter 16, verses 5 to 7. Okay, so John 16, verses 5 to 7, Jesus says, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So here Jesus is saying, it is better for you that I leave and that the Holy Spirit comes. I looked up the biblical definition for the word advocate because when these words stand out and get repeated, I'm like, I need to really know what that means. And it is one who pleads another's cause, who helps another by defending or comforting him. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He advocates for us. He defends us. He comforts us. He um, pleads our case. How amazing is it to have the Holy Spirit, God on the inside of you, comforting you, guiding you, revealing truth to you and advocating for you. So Jesus, because he was a man... He could only be in one place at one time. He was still God, but he emptied himself and became a man. So it is better for us that Jesus left and that we get the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been reading your Bible and then just suddenly something pops out at you and you're like, oh, I never really understood that before or that? That's the Holy Spirit teaching you and guiding you into truth, speaking to you, comforting you. Have you ever um, just felt a prompting in your heart to call someone and give them an encouraging word? It's the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had just a thought pop in your head that just, it's, you know it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit, if it's pointing you to God, that is. It's the Holy Spirit. He comforts us. He counsels us. He guides us. And he is God on the inside of us. So the first point today is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to have a look at the coming of the Holy Spirit and how that promise was fulfilled. So if you can turn to Acts with me, please. Going to have a look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. Now, I absolutely love this, and, um, but it's one that we can just kind of read over quickly because we know the story. Well, I don't want us to do that this morning. I want us to think about this as we're reading it and think about how the believers were feeling at that time because 
they were not aware of who the Holy Spirit is and the power of the Holy Spirit. So this was new to them. So just imagine if this happened to you. So Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Could you imagine if while we were having church here, we just had a sudden, extreme, mighty sound of wind going through this whole auditorium? It would, it would freak you out a little bit, wouldn't it? Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. You'd be like, oh, what's going on here? And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So if you keep reading further in that passage, you'll see that this, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, Peter then with the other 11 disciples stood up and Peter delivered a sermon testifying to the goodness of God and that Jesus Christ is the Messiah who takes away the sins of the world. Now, who could have revealed that to Peter but the Holy Spirit? Because they were still looking for a way out of just their their country's situation. They didn't understand completely except that Jesus had been with them after he had risen. So Peter stood up with the power of the Holy Spirit and testified of Jesus and 3,000 were added to their day, to them that day. 3,000 believers, 3,000 salvations just from that one occurrence there. And Peter spoke of in that sermon what the prophet um, Joel said in Joel 2. So if you go a bit further down um, in Acts chapter 2 to verse 17, we're just going to read that because this explains what was happening but what is still happening now. So Acts 2, 17 to 21. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all the people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I feel so strongly in my spirit as I'm reading that, that we are entering to a time of this again where the Holy Spirit is going to move mightily upon this earth. And God is saying to us, get ready, church. Get ready. Buckle up. (laughs) 
Be prepared in your heart for what God is going to do. Be prepared to receive it. And don't question God. Allow God. Just allow God to do his will upon this earth and get excited about it. The Holy Spirit is moving and we are about to, we're on the precipice of seeing an amazing move of God. There are so many prophets prophesying that at the moment. I've been a Christian for about 25 years and I've never seen so many prophets coming out and prophesying. And it's an incredible time. I believe the year 2024 is going to be amazing. I believe there's going to be ups and downs in that. But we are going to see amazing moves of God. So get excited. Get prepared. Be ready. God is saying, be ready, church. Okay, we've got to let God direct our lives. We've got to let God direct our church services. We've got to stop placing God into a box of what we think, a package our church services into a package of what we think it should be and how it should be run. Because I believe God's going to be changing things up a bit and we need to be ready for that and just be accepting in our spirits of that. Because could you imagine the disciples in that upper room when the Holy Spirit came upon them? They weren't expecting that. They, they, but they were ready for it. They were there in unity. And that's what we need to be, a unified body of Christ ready for the move of God. Okay, so we've talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus promised he would send an advocate who will guide us and lead us into all truth. We've talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit, how he came upon the disciples and it empowered them. Now we're going to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go back a couple of pages. I'm going a little bit backwards here to Acts chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. Okay, so Acts 1, 3 to 8. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he taught to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? See, they still didn't quite understand God's plan. Jesus replied, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what happened to the believers that day. They received power from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit revealed 
the truth to them about God's plan. And Peter was able to testify that Jesus is the Messiah who takes away the sin of the world. So the disciples continued witnessing to people about Jesus and the people who became believers, both Jews and Gentiles, were then baptised in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to move over a bit further now in Acts to chapter 19. So we're reading from Acts 19, verses 1 to 6. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Now the baptism of the Holy Spirit should actually be a normal part of our journey with God. Just like water baptism, our walk with God should include baptism in the Holy Spirit. Like these believers in Ephesus, they had been baptised, but they hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And so then they were baptised in the Holy Spirit. They are two separate baptisms. Because even Jesus says, John baptised with water, but I will baptise you in the Holy Spirit. So I thought, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to share my experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I became a Christian in May of 1998. I was 15 and in year 11 at high school and it was at this church. And I changed completely from that moment of salvation, from somebody who was, um, I wouldn't say I had depression, but I was depressed. I didn't understand what the point of life was. I was, I was just over it at the tender age of 15. And, um, <laughs> and I didn't feel special. I didn't feel that there was hope for me. But that one encounter with God changed that completely. That weight was lifted off my shoulders and I realised that God had a plan for my life. So I had purpose. And so I just, I loved the presence of God so much. So much that every Sunday I'd be the first down on the altar call because I wanted to experience that touch of God again. And then um, in December of that year, I got baptised down at Semaphore Beach. You would think December it would be warm, but no, it was freezing. It was um, an 18-degree day. (laughs) And yep, I was there in the beach getting baptised. 
And then it was um, January of the next year, I went to Planet Shakers Conference. And there was a pastor there, Pastor Glenn Berto, that preached an awesome message about his salvation and also his baptism in the Holy Spirit. And at the end, he did a call for anyone that would want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit to come forward. And I was just like, yes, I want everything that God wants, that God has for me. I want it all. And so I was one of the first down the front, but there was a huge amount of people. This was a big conference. And so the pastor just prayed one prayer over everyone. And I, I did fall down in the spirit, which is not scary. It was just someone who caught me. I was just laying on the ground and I just felt the Holy Spirit on me. Uh, but it was very loud. And I felt this desire, just, I just needed to praise God. And that's all it was. And so I was praising God in what I thought was English. But I couldn't hear what I was actually saying. And then the next night we were back at the, um, at the Planet Shakers conference. And this time Pastor Phil Pringle was preaching. And before he preached, he asked everybody to, that could speak in tongues to pray in tongues. And I just wasn't doing anything. And my um, youth leader at the time turned to me. She's like, well, why aren't you praying in tongues? I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, you're doing a pretty good job of it last night when you're on the floor down the front. I'm like, was I? Oh, I had no idea. So then I was like, hmm. I'm going to test this out at home. <laughs> and, um, but worked out, yes, I had been baptised in the Holy Spirit and I was speaking in tongues. And um, I, I actually love praying in tongues. It is a beautiful gift of God. And what I love about it is it's the perfect prayer. It is the perfect prayer. And sometimes you don't know exactly the right words to say, but the Holy Spirit does. So from that moment, I felt a real shift. Like while I had already been saved and I had experienced God's presence, I felt like I needed to come down the front and have somebody else pray for me, for me to really feel the Holy Spirit. But from that time, I remember the next Sunday in church, I was, like, I was just praising God. I'm like, oh, wow, I feel his presence like what I do when other people pray for me. I feel it for myself now. And that's because the Holy Spirit was inside of me. God was in me. And so I've just had that ever since. And you probably, people notice that when I'm praising, often my hand will shake like this or when I'm praying for people. That's just the Holy Spirit in me. It, he doesn't do it to everyone, but that's what happens to me when I'm really feeling the presence of God. And I actually, I'm not worried about that. I don't I'm not self-conscious about it. I actually really like it and consider it a blessing because to me it's a tangible sign that, yes, I'm in the right place. Yes, I'm in God's will. Yes, I'm praising God and, and that. So for me, it's a blessing. But that's just what he does for me. So <laughs> being filled with the Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit guides you, speaks to you, and he also convicts you when you're moving away from God. Have you had that sense where you're, um, you'd kind of, you're thinking of doing something that you know you probably shouldn't and then you've got that, that turmoil on the inside of you? It's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, back off here. 
I, I even get it if the radio's on and a song comes on that's not particularly appropriate. I just get this prompting in my spirit and I quickly change the station. I would have it on Life FM all the time, but my husband who works for Life FM feels that it's almost like if he hears Life FM, he feels like he's working and, um, and he starts pulling, oh, that bit wasn't meant to be in there. Oh, maybe I should log in and do so. And so he can't handle listening to it because he feels like he's at work. So, <laughs> so we have this fight whenever he's out and then, or if we have it on a different um, station and something inappropriate comes on, I quickly change it to Life FM. <laughs> and then when, when he thinks it's safe, he moves it back again. <laughs> Have, I love it when how the Holy Spirit will remind you of scriptures just at the right time. I, I find it very powerful to pray out loud. And I find as I'm praying out loud, the Holy Spirit then reminds me of scriptures about what I'm praying out about. And so I incorporate that into my prayer. Or sometimes it might be you're having a moment. Oh, I just can't do this. And then the Holy Spirit will prompt you, all things are possible and you can do it. You are more than an overcomer. You know, he will guide you. He will lead you into truth. He gives you revelations of the Father. I find I get this a lot when other people are preaching. I'll, um, they'll say something and then the Holy Spirit will reveal something to me and then I'm on my own little tangent and then, then I have to come back. Okay, we're up to this now. Um, it'd be interesting taking notes because um, they're like, I didn't preach on that. I'm like, no, but God kind of revealed it to me as we were going. So I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. I do understand that some people have reservations. I do get it. But why would you not want everything that God has for you. This is a promise to us that God is with us. God is on the inside of us. This is the purpose of Jesus dying and setting us free from our sins so that we can have God on the inside of us, leading us into the truth, guiding us, reminding us, prompting us, advocating for us. We should want everything that God has for us. And we know that God is a good God who gives good gifts to his children. I, I have a friend, a very good friend, who I've had this conversation with many times. And unfortunately, she still refuses and does not want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. And for her, she said her reason is she doesn't want to be out of control she needs to have that control herself. And I just think that's so sad that she can't trust God enough to just let that go and let God do it. Because we know that God knows us better than we do. God knows what we need better than we do. So why would we not trust God more than we trust ourselves? Because he is good. So I want to give an invitation at the end of this service when the music's playing that anybody who would like to receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit 
to come forward and I would love to pray for you and Pastor Sharon can pray for you and um, we would love you to receive that. And we would lay hands on you just as Paul did in that scripture before and you'll receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit and the ability to speak in tongues and you'll have that on the inside of you. And speaking in tongues is not a scary thing. It's just your own language between, your own prayer language between you and your father. So I want to give you that opportunity today. And I just encourage you that if you haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit, come forward and receive it. It's amazing. It is such a blessing. And I also want to invite anyone forward that just wants to soak in God's presence and say, hey God, I'm, I want to give this next year to you. I want to be in your presence. I want to be in your ways, walk in your ways. I want to know what you have for me. I want to be ready for your move across this earth. If that's you, if you just want to come forward and just praise and worship your God and say, hey, I submit to you. I want your will to be done. And I know that my prayers recently have just been, Lord, I'm happy to be challenged in my thinking. I'm happy to be for you to do what you want to do. I don't want to put you in a box. I don't want to limit God. So if that's you, I also want to invite you forward. But most importantly, I also want to give an opportunity to anyone here who has never received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And that's as simple as saying, yes, God, I want to follow you. I repent of my sins and I choose you. So I just want everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads at the moment. And I want to ask if that's you today and you want to say, yes, I want to follow you, Jesus. I accept your gift of salvation and eternal life. If that's you, please raise your hand now because I just want to know who I'm praying for. I would love to pray for you. Fantastic. Okay, church, we've got people here that want to give their hearts to God right now. So let's all pray this prayer together. We're going to pray this prayer out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, just repeat after me. I know that I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. Okay, church, let's all stand to our feet. Let's just give a hand to those brave people who accepted Jesus this morning. That's so wonderful. We are so happy for you. And I would love to pray for you. And now's that time where if you want to come and just give this next year to God and just soak in His presence and say, let your will be done, come forward. If you want baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you haven't had that yet and you want to be baptised, come forward. I want to pray for you. Or if you just want prayer for healing or anything, this altar is open. We want you to come to God. Thank you. Thank you, band.